This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. It's Memorial Day is coming, and at the end of the month, and there is nothing worse than welcoming summer with an unkempt lawn. And lawn care is a must in Mississippi during the summer. If you don't want to be the talk of the neighborhood, and nothing is more disappointing than having a mower that won't run when you need it, which is always right now. Today, we welcome back our small engine guy, Andrew Hitchcock from Findren Small Engine Repair. We'll talk carburetor rebuilds, keeping your blade sharp, and answer your general DIY questions. And yes, you can ask him all the questions you want. Andrew Hitchcock is here from... Uh, it, I always here we go. I got to get something wrong, man. <laughs> so I got this wrong from Finder and Small Engine Repair. And I love when Andrew comes in because we get to talk about things that we don't get to talk about on other days, uh, which are really meta. And and I dig that. So we're going to get to get to talk engines with uh, with Andrew and the fun of, you know, we were in the hallway before we even started today talking about what to do with those uh battery powered things man my brain is gone today <laughs> lawn equipment yeah battery, lawn equipment. thank you thank you for jumping power. in that's what i did i jumped over to that and man i can't tell you my shop doesn't smell like gasoline and oil where's and, the fun in that though? Uh, right right yeah. well and there you know what there's another side to that uh and we'll talk about that in a little bit i want to talk to you guys about um uh about this week a friend invited me over to help uh, deal with some shelving at the house, right? So I go over to the house and we got a floating shelf. And if no one, if you've never had a floating shelf in your home, uh, what you want to notice is that you don't see any screws or anything, anything holding it up. It doesn't look like anything's it's holding floating. it up. Right. Well, <laughs> so how do you get it down? <laughs> is the question. Oh, how do you get it down? Well, if you've never put one up, you might not know that there are screws kind of buried on this thing, usually underneath that you can take out. Uh, it, like I said, if you've never installed one, you might not know they're there. And sometimes they're hidden underneath a veneer or something like that. You know, we're, we're doing more and more of that. Of the uh, floating shelves? Yeah. We're, 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 <clears throat> excuse me. We're getting away from the um, traditional Built bottom ends. cabinet and yeah. the top. It's just old schools. Now everybody wants these floating shelves. And uh, how we do it, there's um, it's kind of a shelf inside of a shelf. Right, yes. We, we put the framework in. And then we have a hollow piece that slips over that framework, and then we just put a little trim nail. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so it's framed in on the stud, and then you sheetrock well, yeah. around it? Well, no. Everything is sheetrocked. Right. Oh, okay. Everything's sheetrocked, but you attach – picture a one-by-one one frame, if you would. Just a, just a small. Okay, so okay. it's not protruding out. You're yes, just it is. The, okay. yes, it is. Think then, of it as like a uh, the the towel holder in your bathroom. 
it kind of sticks out like that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's and, not coming out before. I see what you're saying. That's a good idea. And then the hollow decorative wood portion over mm-hmm. that frame same right. way a lot of people uh a, a lot of people use this method to believe it or not in many homes the 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 uh what's the thing over the fireplace the uh the mantle, mantle. <laughs> that's how the mantle is <laughs> he hung. cannot find his words today I can't, I can't. but that's how the mantle <laughs> is hung typically is that there's a piece of wood that's actually bolted to the wall that then they bolt the pretty stuff to yeah, if it's not a solid piece of timber. Boy, who got into that? You know, those big old pieces of We're old barn timber? Uh-huh. We're still well, doing they it. go over there. And you know what's so funny, Jeff? Sometimes I'll go in and, and when I'm inspecting those, and I'll just go over and lift one side up. It's never been bolted. Right. Mm. Well, Jeff mentioned floating shelves to me a little while back, and that's why I wanted to bring this up is that floating shelves, they're, they're cool looking. They look really neat. Yeah. And, and, uh, I just caution you not to put anything that weighs anything on them at all because well, that's eventually, the pro- yeah, that's your problem. Is that so? Did the uh, the end of the story is you got it off? I got the I got the shelf off, but then it was the second half of the day or of the project was to put new two new regular shelves in, meaning with shelf units. I mean, shelving uh, right. brackets that yeah. I could use. Yeah. Now, and that that takes you to a whole new place, which is takes you to the stud finding portion of our show. And if you do not have a stud finder, which I always take this little stud finder with me that I just absolutely love. Worst name of a product on the planet. It's called the Stud Buddy. I know. <laughs> you all just laughed, didn't you? It's terrible. The stud buddy. Yeah, right. I'm not gonna I'm not endorsing, I'm just saying it's a, it's basically a magnet. It's just a magnet. It's finding the screws. Yeah, it's finding the screws in the studs. But if if you have a stud finder, uh putting shelves in a wall is no biggie. If you do not have a stud finder, it can be It can uh, be tricky. challenging. You yeah. know what I use is my thermal camera. I can find that stud every uh, time. <laughs> not everybody has four hundred dollars for a thermal camera. Right. Uh, well try fifteen hundred. Really? Yeah. You're not, you could get a cheap one for that, but for four hundred, but I wouldn't I could rent you to come you, over and look at the stud. I wouldn't and waste can, my money you can on use that. Use your flashlight too. Yes. Remember you can that. use a really nice that. flashlight. Couldn't I tried that it. last night. No, I found one of the studs on the flashlight. It was pretty easy to, to yeah. point out. You know, I just turned the flashlight on my phone and held it up to the wall and kind of looked down the wall on that perspective. Yeah. And you see kind of the yeah. ridges in the wall. Anyway, I found one of the ridges. And one of the things to remember is that once you have found a stud, okay, stop putting holes in the wall now, all right? <laughs> once you found the stud, remember... If the home was built uh, to code properly, uh, you know, within the last if, a certain time. That's the big question. I'm going to leave that there. How far are you going to be? 18 inches? 16. 16. 16 inches, yeah. yeah. But I mean, so, uh, yeah, I'm 24, say, what if we it's did, an older house. <laughs> yeah. What we did was we took a uh, took a, a, a yardstick and we just measured out, you know, 32 inches. And I had my other. And you found it. I mean, dead on that stud right there. Okay. Able to put it in. And then remember, if you're doing this, do it on a level also. You need a level if you're going to put in a shelf. I tell you, I had a, I have one of those really, I did, had one of those awesome plastic three footers, you know, uh-huh. thir- what, 36 inch, three footers. And I was working on something and dropped the crazy thing. Mm. Oh, so now no. it's like two feet and one foot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that. But those things are expensive. They are. I and mean, if, if you're, you're going to replace that, it's it's not cheap. If you're ever in, in, in your local hardware store, there's a thing that's called like a little bullet level. Um, and, and it's like, what, about nine inches long? Yeah, probably. Yeah, and, and grab one of these little guys. It's usually plastic. It's got one little bubbler thing on it, typically. But the reason why you want this is every time you hang a picture in your home, you can just set it on top of you it. You can set it on top. Some of them have magnets. Yes. Yep. You know, That's and right. they'll, they'll hang right there. I tell you what my favorite thing is, Jeff, is, and I bought this years ago, is the thing with the light, with the red light. Oh, yeah. And so yeah, you the can, uh, laser. It's a laser. So it wasn't real expensive. It's not. And it's got the, the little yeah. pinhole in the middle, you can, and you can, can pin it into yeah. the sheetrock, and then it runs that line straight across. Right. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Give you, it will give you a horizontal and vertical line. Yes. It gives you the Perfect. line. And then so when I was working on my fencing, because I wanted it to be, um, you know, level mm-hmm. along the top. So I was after I set my post, yeah. I ran that and drew my lines and cut it off. And it was, yeah. I mean. That's, that's so neat. Amazing thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, uh, you know, we do still have Andrew Hitchcock here. We're going to be talking <laughs> small engine repairs. How are things going, man? They're great. I mean, it's uh, the busiest time of year right now, um, getting lots of calls, and it's always the same deal. You know, every, it starts to get yeah. warm. My lawnmower won't run. Yep. Right. Yep. The grass is going, oh, my, my mower won't turn on. What do I do? So I'm getting well, lots of calls. I have been at a, a local hardware store this past weekend, and that was interesting. And I went out front, and there's all the big mowers and everything else. I went to the big box the next day, and I was just covered up in battery powered stuff you know that's that's really that was their real focus and and you came in and so my biggest question i got to do this our first segment here biggest question are you getting calls to fix electric yes i am and it's becoming more and more frequent it's still maybe only like once a week but it's always the same story they say and i mean electric mowers have been around for decades now right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but these were corded so nowadays they're all battery powered so they say well I, you know i put this battery in and it worked great and now i put the battery in i press the power button and nothing comes on so uh tell me when can i bring it in and i say oh uh i don't work on those and so they say oh well uh who who do we bring it to and i say nobody there's nobody <laughs> in town that'll fix that and uh i guess my I guess your thinking is, well, there's a void there for a mechanic to work on electric stuff. Right, right. Here's your first billion ready for you. Yeah, Yeah. uh, but I just don't think there's any money in it, and I don't think anybody's going to want to take up that – take the reins there. Uh, So they're really out of luck. I think their only bet is to take – get a warranty on them and – Take them back to the big box stores and wait weeks while they ship them off and then fix them and Get ship them back. back. It would yeah, be like a replacement sort of situation. Yeah, it's, it's a nightmare to try and return something back to Home Depot like okay. that. Yeah. And I'm not uh, – so that you know, I didn't I didn't want to get on the show to, to bash any product. The, 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 uh, if, you, if you want uh, an electric uh, yard tool – I'm sure you can get exact performance that you want from that, mm-hmm. if that's what you want. But it, we, we're talking to Andrew today because you're talking about the backside of uh, the consumer part, which is, okay, I bought it three years ago. It was awesome. Well, now we're three seasons in. It's been a little beat up. 
And what do I do? Well, there's something you have to keep in mind with these. Uh And I did some research on it before I bought mine is that you have to take care of that battery. And it actually says, manufacturer says, don't store it outside. Right. So if you're just leaving it in the mower outside, Mm -hmm. you're just asking for it to die quicker. Well, leaving it in the mower or leaving it in the charger. Yeah, don't leave it in the charger either. Yeah, you don't want to leave. We just finished, uh, we've talked about it before. A house fire. We just finished a house fire. Yeah. Plugged it in, went to the store, came back, and... House on fire. Yeah, was it so. for a mower? Is it was it? A, it was. Either, I don't know. It was either a mower or a a, a weed eater or whatever. We Some call type it. of a power okay. pack yeah. on yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, and I never leave mine, so I have to think ahead. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to, and this was really interesting. I watched a couple of videos on this particular product that mm-hmm. I've gotten, and it said to charge it inside. Okay, inside not outside, your home. Inside the home. Okay. And then, no, I take that back. Charge it outside, but keep the battery inside. So I have to, I take my battery out and after I've used it and I bring it inside. Uh-huh. And then whenever I know I'm going to cut my grass the next day, I take it back outside and put it in the charger. Right. Then I use it. Then I take it out and bring it back in the house. <laughs> you sound like such a responsible person. Ninety-five percent yes. of the population exactly. is just rolling their eyes when they hear that. Yeah, they're they're thinking, I'm, I'm gonna not going to do that. Do gonna that. These well, are people that pay kill pay cactuses. That well, you know, and they're the people that won't like drain the fuel out of their lawnmower at Pam the end of the season. Actually, reads the instructions. Yeah. Too, I know. See, I'm a nerd. So, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's relaxing for me to read those manuals yeah. at night. But I tell you what, my stuff lasts. That's true, and and you know what, uh, it, it is true. When we we decide to mow the grass based on the weather on Saturday or Sunday morning, right. you know, right. and 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 we didn't charge the battery. Whether you had gas before. or not is whether you're going to do it or not. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I will say, with Pam's uh, style of planning, that's absolutely an option. You can get it done, and. Uh, very efficiently, you do quietly too. Yeah, yeah. So, I can actually listen to my audible books whenever I'm cutting my grass. Now, well, you can cut your grass and me not get mad at you either. Yeah, yeah different I times can do of the it day. at six o'clock. Mm, right, on, right. Not that I would. I mean, <laughs> right. who would? But right. some people do. But to that point, Andrew, I always, um, I was the person who, at the end of the season, and I have a gas mower, and it's in awesome shape. But I drain the gas mm-hmm. at the end of the season after I've mulched all my leaves, and then I clean the carburetor, <laughs> and I do all those things, and then I dry dock it in my shop. So right. whenever I get ready to start it up mm-hmm. in the spring, I put brand new gas in it, you know, and that worked great until... See, but Pam, there's like three people in the world like that. I know. Well, you know, but if you want your stuff to last, and my stuff is... I mean, are, are you trying to put Andrew out of business? <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah. Come on. If everybody Come did what Pam did, I wouldn't have a right, job. Right, you right. wouldn't have a job. He's got kids. So, right. Yeah, yeah. well, and then there's that. <laughs> yeah, I don't have kiddos that I'm yeah. trying to get to school. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have three weddings to pay for one day. So. Oh, <laughs> bless you. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pipus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Talking today is some some really neat things coming in today. But, you know, one thing before we jump to the phones, um, Pippa and Adam are on the line. I'll talk to them here in just a second. But before we do that, we were talking about battery-powered lawn equipment. And one of the things I wanted to say today was – 
I was joking before the show with you about I had, you know, I think I said 72,000, but truly it's about probably 15 gallons of paint in my in my carport yes. that I'm trying to get rid of. You and then it, it, occurred, it occurred to me, I was talking to Andrew, and I was like, oh, what happens if, if like, when you said, hey, my battery went dead for, yes. you know, my lithium-ion battery that came with the mower went dead, what do you do with that battery? Because it's hard to dispose a regular battery if you're doing it You take it, right. it to interstate battery. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, they recycle sure. there. Okay. Well, I, I, you just I, drop a a I do it all the time. I drop off some of the batteries that I've got. That's a great idea. Huh. I've now, never heard of that. you want to talk about getting rid of the paint? Well, just I, real quick. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Um, if you will take it outside, take the lid off. Mm-hmm. When that paint becomes hard. Solid. Solid, mm-hmm. you can dispose of it. Just put it, put it in your garbage. Okay. When it is liquid, liquid, you cannot. Yes. And watch for Household Hazardous Waste Day. Yes. yes. And well, then, I, but then you're going to take take your Audible or a book or a list of people you want to call because the line is unbelievable. Right. Well, and we were looking at that. We went online just to check it out before. One of the things you can do that I noticed, by the way, if you've never done this before, Jeff, to your point, letting the paint dry, there's an actual chemical that you can buy at the hardware store to put in the paint like the rest. Like if you've got a half a gallon of paint that you'll never use, you know, uh, you can buy this. uh, It's like in a pouch. You just kind of pour it in. It's like a powder. I didn't know that. I didn't either. Wow. Boom. Yep. And it, it solidifies. Yes, it does. Awesome. Wow. Or you can do like me, and I took all my old paint, and I use it to paint things. You mixed it all together. Yeah, right? yeah. I mix it yes. all together, kind of like, you Giant know when brown. we were kids and sure. you put all the sodas together? Sure. You called it a hurricane? I called it a suicide. Uh, yeah. And okay. so, but the paint, I use my paint for things like sealing up my trailer. I, I painted the top of, you know, yeah, I got a wood and, and trailer. It, and it, yeah, and it doesn't matter the color. It doesn't matter what the color is. So I, you know, I always, listen, I hate throwing things out. So I will find a use for them. I can paint the wood on the inside of my shop. Well, there are hazardous waste um, uh, days and there are places actually in the state and uh, we were, uh, I'm just going to say these couple of things here. Here are the things that they take. Uh, here, There's a, a hazardous waste in Hines, Madison, Rankin. There's, uh, uh, I've seen a few of them here. Used motor oil, used oil filters, car batteries, antifreeze, brake fluid, transmission fluid, primers and sealers, fertilizers, pesticides, insecticides, fungicides, herbicides, household cleaners, gasoline one gallon or less, paint and stains, thinners, solvents, degreasers, pool chemicals, uh, photographic chemicals, 20-pound propane tanks, and rechargeable batteries. Oh, they do take the rechargeable yeah, all, batteries. All there those you go. things will go to a hazard. What about tires? <laughs> <laughs> I think they tell you to just bury those and don't tell anybody. Yeah, don't anymore. tell anybody. Make a, make a horse swing out of it and yeah. put it in your backyard. Yeah, cut them in half. I, I don't, you know, I, that that is, God, that'd be a whole issue right, right there. Whole well, show. see, I just went through a thing. I went through this whole thing around no flat tires. You can't put a no flat on a, a vehicle that has the regular tire. You can't mix them. Right. And so I had to buy four, so I kept the good ones. So if it happens again. <laughs> the good ones. Yeah, uh, I bought four tires yesterday myself. Yeah, those are not cheap. No. All right, Pippa's on the line in Jackson. Uh, 
Pippa, what's going on? Good morning. Good morning. I have a lawnmower, Andrew. Yes. That was donated to my animal rescue organization. You know where it is. Um, that does not work. Do you still come to the location to work on a lawnmower, mm-hmm. or does the people need to bring them to you? Because I don't know where you are anymore because you moved. Oh, yeah. I, I stopped doing house calls maybe four or five years ago. Um, so uh, best, he got big time. Yeah. <laughs> best way to get it to me would be to um, call or tech, probably text me on my cell. Um, send me a picture of it. Um, it's a green lawnmower. It's green. <laughs> well, that does kind of narrow it down. I want to make sure it's one of the models that I'll work on before you bring it. Um, and I can okay. get you my information that way. That's fantastic. Okay. All right. Um, well, thank you. And if you also have leftover paint, and hey, Pam, when you mix them all together, that becomes the color of baby poop. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, you know, that's a good idea to yep. donate the paint to an organization. Thanks for bringing that yep. up, Pippa. That's an awesome idea. Yep. If it's still good, Habitat will, will uh, grab it, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'll certainly do that, Pippa. I'll go through and see what it is, and I'll, I'll bring it before I mix it. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, we don't like that color. Though. It turns out it's not, a, not attractive. Yeah, he's not doing house calls anymore. You know, Pippa, when he first came on the show in like 2014, he was handing out cards in our parking lot here. So, But he's gone big time now. So he, yeah, he's, he's quite popular. Right. All right. Well, we miss you in the neighborhood, Andrew, and thank y'all. Thanks. I'm still around, just on the other side of North State. <laughs> Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Bye. And across the street. Mm-hmm. How terrible. Traitor. Right. right. Adam is on the line in Loosedale. What's going on, Adam? Yeah, hey. Uh, first comment uh, for leveling the pictures. What you're looking for is a torpedo level. Use them every day. Second thought was on the fencing Torpe- idea. She was talking about keeping that level. Have you ever heard of a water level? You place a jug, you have like a 100-foot clear hole. Put one end of the hose into the jug. You suck the water through it. Wherever you put that jug, on level at the other end of that hose. Okay, I got. I'm picturing that and still not coming up with how to I, do it. I'm picturing somebody with a hose filled with water in their living room sucking on one end of it. <laughs> I don't know. Oh wow. Okay. All right. So, I, I, I need I need more information, Adam. Would you be willing to send us and an yes, email? You do literally suck it until it comes to you. It's okay. like a siphon. But a now, siphon. when you pick right. the end of that hose up, if you pick it up higher than the jug, it runs back down to the jug. I see what you're level. saying. That's what you call a Mississippi level. I like that. Well, that's like Roman times level, but anyhow, we still okay, yeah. set mobile homes. That's what I do every day. So I'm listening to your conversation and oh, I'm cool. thinking, hey, nice. can help you. Yeah, so you know, I love that. Hanger at the end of it, you put a little hanger at the end of your hose, and wherever you put that, wherever you hang that is level. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. put your jug where you want level to be. Within a hundred foot diameter of your jug, you can find perfectly level. You can do swimming pools this way. You can set mobile homes. You can level houses. They I all can... work off from the same thing. You don't need no fancy laser. Lo- That's amazing. That's what I'm talking about. I love our listeners. There you go. Thanks, Adam. We appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks, Adam. By the way, uh, uh, Super Sleuth Liz on the phones did some work for us, and Habitat does not accept paint and stains. There, may, there must be a policy that you know. 
some sort of safety thing. Yeah, sure. yeah, but there are organizations that would take it. So yes. I, I, I think that's a great option. Right. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and take one uh, little email here before we uh, go to break. Uh, good morning. I'm emailing because we have considered trying to level our kitchen counter and thought you may be able to offer some insight on the topic. It's not what you think. Currently, we have a split level counter. Okay. Okay. So yeah. two levels where there is an eating area that yep. is bar height. We want to lower the eating area to counter height. I was thinking we could unseal and remove the stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that's the top. Uh, cut the wood underneath to counter height and place the stone back with a new seal as a bit of a temporary fix until we actually want to go buy a new countertop. <sighs> However, the stone on the bar height eating area is four inches wider, so it would probably also need to be cut, which does not feel like a simple task. Mm-mm. Well, and, you- and, the, and the, the reality of that story, mm-hmm. uh, everything looks good and smells good until you actually do it. Mm-hmm. When you start taking that countertop off, you are probably going to break it. That's what I was thinking. Uh, chances of breaking it is greater than not. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's heavy. And, and, and yeah, it's. He- I mean, that's we 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 set them every day, so it's not. I'm not worried about the weight. Mm-hmm. Um, every house we build has, you know, right a, a four by eight sheet of, of granite in it. So it's just the fact that. You're trying to do something that you don't do every day. Now, let's assume that you get the top off. Probably has a sink. You have to. It's it's siliconed in, so that's going to be an issue. Uh, so, but but let, let's just fast forward. We got everything off. Everything is clean. Everything is beautiful. Nothing broke. They're exactly right. Cut that bar height off to the counter height, uh-huh. and then you'll probably want to put some uh, corbels. To hold that piece that sticks out, uh-huh. so put you two or three cor- corbels on there. Now you have two separate pieces of stone. Uh, put those back together. There's going to be a seam, a seam there. but you that will work it. until you go to phase two, which would be put a new top on. Right. And the corbel is a bracket. It's a yes. brace. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a brace. It's a brace. And they, the- they have they have hidden corbels that you don't see. Just a flat piece of iron, mm-hmm. or put the decorative corbel that that you would see. Okay. Well, I've, don't forget though. She said the stones, the widths were mismatched too. So you're gonna have to do that. I think. I think it's gonna yeah, look like. Yeah, that's a good point. It's gonna look awful. It, well, it is. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Still, but the only people that have to look at it are the people that yeah. did it. Right. So you know. The the ugly baby is still pretty to them. Yeah. <laughs> if it's functional. Yeah, yeah I mean, if, it func- so, if that's what they want to do and spend yeah. the time. You know, and, and I like kind of projects like that because oh, it, yeah. that's how I learn. That's right. Is, is doing it and messing it up. And, hey, if you break it, glue it together. Who cares? This Nobody is cares. something that, that I have learned today, though, is about granite breaking. Oh, it, it's very easy to break. And and, and I guess, I guess uh, you're right. You work with it every day. I don't. Uh, I guess normal homeowners no. wouldn't. So, and I, how is it connected to the counter, the the wood counter? Is it is that would an you adhesive? S- silicone it? Yeah, and yeah. that's where it'll break. Is whenever it's you're trying, trying to get, to it get up. that yeah. up, yeah. It, yeah. it will. Because picture it, granite has has veins in it, and that's the weak part. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and you're sitting there prying, and then to make matters worse, you cut a hole in it. 
So yeah. now that yeah. that That's that little four inch piece right there is mm-hmm. very weak. Right. It's very strong while it's on the. Well, it's on the cabinet, right. but start taking it off, and that's that's your weak point. Are you gotcha. using a lot of, uh, talking about countertops, are you using a lot of different products these days, Jeff? Or are you just we, pretty much granite? Know, we, we are using a lot more of the quartz product. Okay. Um, everybody wants white. Uh, and we are mixing some butcher block in there to... Uh, you know, if it, that's kind of hard to believe, but butcher block's coming back. It is. I've seen that. And so yeah. you, whenever you're putting that down, you'd have to seal that. We do. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. And our guest today is... Andrew Hitchcock from Fondren Small Engine Repair. Okay, Mary's on the line in Oxford and has got a question about hazardous waste day in Oxford. Now, wait a second. Maybe you have something to tell us, Mary. What's going on? Oh, our next hazardous waste collection day is this Saturday. It's at the Three Rivers Household Hazardous Waste Collection Day at Lafayette County Multipurpose Arena. (coughs) 70, 70, um... Betty East Parkway, near Highway 6 and County Road 406. And there's a whole list of things they'll take and a whole list of things they will not take. <laughs> is there, is there, <laughs> where did you find that information, Mary? Uh, this came out with the Oxford Eagle, I think it was, back in March. It was originally scheduled for April 15th. It was postponed. I can't remember why, probably the weather. Okay, that's so, a that's some great Saturday. information. So so that day is May thirteenth. Uh, it's coming Saturday. Okay, okay. So uh, that's in Oxford, hazardous waste day. Andrew, uh, some of the questions that I've got for you today. So, what is the biggest thing? So you get how many calls a day does someone like you get? Of? Well, it's funny you should ask because I don't get calls. So what I do is I have an automatic text that when somebody calls me it just basically hangs up on them and sends them a text that says hey this is me what oh, okay. can i help you with because um, i get a lot of people that just want to chat uh-huh. for a long time or they ask if they want to talk you up and get free advice for you know right. 25 minutes and i got three kids right stay at home dad. <laughs> uh, so uh anyway i just text nowadays but i get a lot of texts uh-huh. um keeps me very busy as much work as i could ever want so how many people would typically say let's say how many people reach out to a, a small engine repairman in a day? Uh, during the busy season, I may get 20 calls, 30 calls a day, maybe. Really? Yeah, but you got to, you know, you got to field those and figure out if it's something that I work on or if, maybe a project that I could do, but I just simply don't want to take it on because of the, the amount of space it may take up to do like a right. crankshaft replacement or something. And there's a lot of downtime and shop space that it takes up. So right. a lot of times I just have to say, hey, I can't do this right now. How many, uh, let me ask, and I find this, I always question myself, especially in lawn equipment, is this worth fixing? How often is that the case? I, almost daily, I have somebody ask me that. And uh-huh. what they're like, well, like this morning, a guy brought it, or this week, a guy brought in a, a power washer that didn't work. And uh, I, I called him, or I texted him, <laughs> I said, you know, it needs, probably needs a new carburetor. It's been sent up with gas for four years. The pump is oxidized and broken in half, basically. So you need a new pump. You need a new 
carburetor. I said, you know, we right. can, I can do all this, all your parts, all your labor for like a little less than $200. And he's like, well, is that worth fixing? And I said, well, a new one's, you know, $400. So you're half the cost of a new one. But what a lot of people say, I think, is they think, well, as long as it's less than a cost of a new one, it's worth fixing. And so uh-huh. I say, no, what I would say is how much would it be worth at a pawn shop if it was in per- perfect working order? That's that's your metric you need to use. 60 bucks. I yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. that. That's, I do yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Man, there is nothing worse than a pressure washer. I don't know why they break. And, you know, we, we do we do all of our own, own pressure washing, clean all of our own flat work because it's just so expensive to get someone outside, and I have labor to do that. So we start out with the big box pressure washers. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, they make it through one or two driveways. They're leaking. Something breaks on these things. So we said, you know what? We're going to go down to where they sell the big green things. Uh huh. You know what I'm talking about? That's out in the field. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we buy like a fifteen hundred dollar one. And it lasts. No. Really? It doesn't <laughs> it, last. Well, I'm, I'm not beating up on the big green thing. What I am beating up on are the little bitty parts, like the O-ring. In the wand, huh. you know, it's it, it's those little things. It's not the major components. Mm-hmm. It's the little bitty mm-hmm. stuff. Have fun well, getting those replacement parts. Too you can't you get need them. them. Yeah, you yeah. cannot get them. And I bet yeah. your guys didn't Andrew, read the manual. It's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. <laughs> it, it, Pam will show them how to do <laughs> it. I'll show you. Let me right. let me have that I, manual. I waited on a. I'll I waited, this is unbelievable. We, we waited on a spark plug. I should have called you, but we waited on a spark plug and a air filter for a week and a half. Everybody that walks yeah. in his shop says that. Man, I should have called you. Uh, <laughs> All right, look, uh, Tina's on the line in uh, Jackson. She's got a very appropriate question. Andre, I'm coming to you. Don't go anywhere. Tina, what would you like to ask? Um, I need to know where your business is and do you work on bad boy lawnmowers? I don't work on bad boy mowers. I have one, and I love it, but I don't work on them. Why not? Uh, they take up a lot of space. Zero turns take up a lot of space. There's a lot of downtime and shop space. And okay. the amount of money that I can make off of one of those, the turnaround time versus carburetors on a 160cc mower, it's just it doesn't make sense to take them on right now. Tina, you can make it worth this yeah. time. But you can you, – I take your bad boy mower to uh, Revel. No, no, who is it? Who sells bad boy around here? Uh, Woods Equipment. Tractor Supply. Uh, Tractor Supply won't service them, though. I would take them to Woods. I'm almost certain that Woods Equipment and Pearl on Highway 80 will work on them. There's there's places all around the state that will... and Andrew is uh, he, he's just killing it right now, man. He, he he's he's under it. <laughs> you know, it. and that's the consumer's problem is that it's trying to find somewhere. And to the point, you know, you were talking about those uh, the shelving earlier, mm-hmm. and the thought in my mind was, I don't want to pitch anything out there that I can't roll back in. So before I look at getting something, I want to kind of think ahead mm-hmm. about who is going to service. If I'm going to buy something yeah. like that, go ahead and do that research because you know it's going to need it. Well, right. yeah, I don't care what you buy. Yeah. It, it is going to require maintenance, and at some point, it is going to fail. Right. If it didn't, you would only buy one. 
ever. That's right. And the and the factory would shut down after everyone had one. They don't, they don't one. build them to last. Well, <laughs> I think they do, but everything has a shelf life. It's, I right. mean, everything. And it's so, going to die right after the warranty period. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you put the warranty period past that? I right. Yeah. I mean, they're not stupid. Uh-huh. Right. I, I've got a car in the in the dealership right now. Right. So, that I'm sure will not be covered under warranty. Right. Yeah. Well, outside yeah. of that, uh, Tina, I'm so sorry that we couldn't get that done. But if someone did want to uh, contact Andrew, how might that be done? Uh, just Google Finder and Small Injury Repair. You'll find my Google page or Facebook page. You'll get all my contact information there. And just remember to text. It should say that on the page, though. All right. Because <laughs> if you call, you'll get a text whether you want one or not. Right. Okay. Uh, Andre's on the line in Tupelo, and he's got a lawnmower question for you. What's going on, Andre? Yeah. I bought a, um, a Cub Cadet ride lawnmower in 2020, and I work, like, I work out of town, so I let my brother off. You know, I cut it for that year in the summer. So, but after that, I I have a cutter. I've been letting my my brother-in-law cut it his cut it with his lawnmower. But then I tried last year to try to crank it, and it won't crank. And I'm I tried again this year, and I just cannot because I got some downtime to where I'm at home, and I just cannot get it to crank for whatever reason. It don't even have a choke on it. Okay. When you turn the key, I mean, is the starter turning? Yeah, it, it acts like it won't crank. Okay. I mean, it, it turns over and, and everything, but it just won't. It, it ain't got enough to make it happen. You know? Yeah. Um, there's two things that I would check. Uh, I would check making sure you're getting spark at the plug. Uh, you can get a spark tester online, or you can buy one at Harbor Freight. They're cheap. They're like less than $10. You stick that on the end of the spark plug and the other end on the boot. And uh, it'll there's a clear viewing window, and you can look and see if there's a spark in that window when you're trying to turn it over. And if there is, then you're probably not getting any fuel. So what I would do at that point is, and you could try this first if you wanted to, take the air filter off and squirt some ether or some starter fluid up in, into the engine, just a little squirt, and try to crank it. And if it does start, that means you're not getting any fuel. So it means you probably have a carburetor problem or a clogged fuel filter or a fuel cutoff solenoid or something like that somewhere uh, that's preventing fuel from getting into the uh, the engine. So I'd, I'd start there. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you, Dan. I was just asking because, I mean, I only had it like, I only used it one summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Andre, I, I, let me tell you this, uh, a story that, that relates to both what you're talking about and what Jeff mentioned with power washers. I got one of those power washers forever ago, lasted one summer, and then I couldn't crank it. Well, then I, I had Andrew on this show one time, and he said, uh, well, what kind of engine is on it? And I said, well, it's a it's a Honda. And he said, oh, you put junk gas in it. Go replace the carburetor. So I spent 20 bucks yeah. and replaced the carburetor. Yeah. And I've been flying high on it for four years now. So uh, that was. And I had a fuel line that was clogged because I had left the gas in it. Right. And so, so I, I blew that thing out, stuck it back on there. And and, and I'll tell you, Andrew, if you, uh, Andre, if you've got uh, like any kind of uh, mechanical uh, acumen at all. Uh, a carburetor it, it, it typically is a few screws and a lot of patience. That's it. That's it. You know, it's not it's okay. not a big deal. I'm so. try that because I figured it had something to do with the gas. Right? You know, because mm-hmm. I changed out 
Well, and, and if okay. it's a like normal brand, they're not terribly expensive. So. No, no. Well, and I've decided that sometimes when something doesn't work, it's a real good excuse for me to throw a temper tantrum because I've just got all this rage built up around all the stuff that's going on. And and if I just it will just set me off and I'll be in my shop. I'm sure my neighbors are like, what is going on? Because I'm. Just beating it and yelling and yeah. yeah, spring is that time around my neighborhood when everyone's trying to crank trying the to first get it time. And it yeah. won't. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's a nice little opportunity to work out some anger. All right, John's on the line and Bentonia's got a solution for that uh power washer issue. What's going on, John? Well, while I was waiting I actually came up with another tip. I got I got two little tips here. Okay. Uh, number one is um on, on power washers. What what you I, the biggest fail I think people usually encounter is they're they're waiting to you know they don't want to they don't want to turn that wand on they don't want to turn it on because it it's it about sets you on your rear end you know what I mean the the pressure sometimes if you're not ready for it so so you sit there waiting over the thirty seconds to where the the seals will overheat in the pump and that's usually what happens to the to the the uh, the pump itself and and all those seals um, now not not on the tip but you know that that that's not going to fix that but you know I'll I'll actually sit there with the wand on stand around while I'm, while I'm waiting for my rest you know what I mean and and I'm spraying water up in the air based high pressure water up in the air and putting it on on idle. You know, with with the pump high pressure water off is the worst thing you can do, mm-hmm. especially if you're doing it for over thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, that's a so good point. Number, not, not, not tip number two, and 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 that's one of those psychological things. You gotta you gotta almost force yourself to do it, right? Because like I said, you know, you, you're you're going, man. I don't want, you know, I'm tired. It's it's tiring my arms. It's tiring my back. You know that kind of thing. You know, just get over it and, and turn the thing on. Spray it up <laughs> just and suck it up. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a great, great point. Another good, good thing about what you're saying is uh, a lot of people will have trouble getting their power washer to start, and they don't know if you will squeeze the wand as you're trying to start. Mm-hmm. It takes a little bit of uh, oh, dexterity, exactly. mm-hmm. but if you squeeze the wand, you're relieving the pressure off the pump, which relieves the pressure off the engine. So sometimes right, it's just right. the pump itself that's keeping the power washer from starting. So squeezing it and then starting it can well, give you a lot of help. A bungee cord will help you with sure that. <laughs> mm-hmm, of course, yeah, yeah. A lot of people. Well, will I just it. learned. I, I swear, I just learned something <laughs> yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. I have I have cried trying to crank my pressure washer. Have before you ever read the to... manual? It's actually in there. Pam. <laughs> actually, it actually says that. I didn't buy a thing so to I've read something about So I've to do it. that. And I have a little bitty tiny bungee cord, and I, I engage it, uh-huh. and then I stand on it. So I put my foot on it to hold it in place, and then I start my... I would know. say, how did you figure that out? But I know what you would say. <laughs> well, you know, if you do the bungee cord and you don't hold the wand... <laughs> Was that in the manual? <laughs> <You'll>, <laughs> you're bungee gonna, cord? You're going to have a lot of fun at that yeah. point. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, John, what were you going to ask? Well, I was going to tell you, when you're replacing those carburetors... 
you know, that usually works well. However, don't even attempt it if you don't have all the right gaskets mm-hmm. because it's nothing worse than, than an air leak. And, and I've actually gotten uh, – I got this wonderful Toro that lasted forever, um, and, and, and it, it was wonderful. They, they had actually sealed um, one of the seals in, in, on the carburetor with, with uh, uh, high-temp silicone mm-hmm. you know so i tried that and of course i got a i must have gotten a flap of you know i had to run it on on um uh choke basically to get it to run after it warm up you know so you know i got to take it apart and i'm waiting on the carburetor mm-hmm. gaskets you know because you know you you don't want to cut corners when you're when you're replacing those carbs basically mm-hmm. okay well thank you john i appreciate it Good information. Yeah. All right. I've got two minutes left, and I'm about to rapid fire you, Andrew. You ready? All right. Okay. Here we go. What is usually the problem when the lawnmower won't start? Bad gas. Bad they, gas. They've been sitting okay. it up, sitting up for too long. What happens? Uh, what about the lawnmower starts and then it stalls? Dirty carburetor. What about when the lawnmower is smoking? Uh, too much oil, too little oil, bad rings. It's usually too much oil, I found. Oh, what are the things I should check to troubleshoot a, troubleshoot a problem with the lawnmower? Depends on what problem it is, but if it's uh, not starting, I would always try some starter fluid first. If it starts up, then you know you're not getting any fuel. Then you know it's either it's out of gas or it's not. it's got a dirty carburetor. What's the most common problem you have to fix? Carburetors, especially on Briggs uh, EX series engines, they are great little engines, but they you look at them wrong and the jet gets clogged up. They're my big money maker. No, I, oh, no. I break when people look at me wrong too, so <laughs> I get that. Right? How often should I get my blade sharpened? Once a season, if you're using it in a residential type setting. Okay. All right. So let's see. Does the sunshine and pollen really get your phone ring? Like when does it actually start? Late. Late March is usually when the phone calls start. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're heaviest in it right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it'll be busy until probably mid-October. Wow. That's mm-hmm. a, you know, that's a great busy You know, people that rely on Christmas just can't even look at you, man. That's, I mean, that is just awesome. Where do you take a blade to get it sharpened? Ooh. and small engine repair. Oh, right, you do right, those? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, it's pretty what? easy. You just, I mean, you have to take the blade off, put it in a vise. You can use an angle grinder uh, to get it straight, make sure everything's straight, and then you balance it afterwards. What's your turnaround on a just a just that? Is it well? If somebody brings me a blade that's off their mower, then mm-hmm. it's a very fast turnaround. But if they bring me a whole mower, they're going to be waiting in line like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All Good. Right. That's, that's fantastic. Thank How'd you. How did I do? Was that? You <laughs> that didn't was ask amazing. You beforehand, right? No, no, that was fantastic. <laughs> that's great. All right, Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our, and our engineer today was Abram Nanny. Our call screener was Liz Gill. And for Pam Pibus, Jeff Sammons, and our guest Andrew Hitchcock from Fondren Small Engine Repair. I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White, and join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.